Operator Syndrome, episode 59. We are with Steve. We're in Chaplin School in Rhode Island. Uh, where in Rhode Island again? Newport. Newport, Rhode Island. Okay, I haven't been up that way. Um, what time of the year was this? Was this it was cold? Summer. No, it was, it was warm. Okay. It was actually very pleasant because, you know, um, the New England area it's in the summer when it's baking hot back here in Kentucky area, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, you got that onshore breeze and it's just very nice. Um, so, yeah. So you had a, you had an easy class in chaplain school. You weren't one of the hard classes that go through in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. They get surf, surf tortured in the winter. Right. No, no, I was, I was cruising. Okay. Um, so we talked about chaplain school some, yeah. But we didn't, I don't think we got into um, what exactly, you know, one of the things we were talking about was um, your backgrounds. Everyone was coming from a background, uh, an area of expertise, you know, yeah. theologically. Um, right. So, so what is it they were teaching you there then? Um, can you speak to the curriculum a little bit? I can. Um, yeah, the curriculum uh was mostly so you have all of these different theological traditions as you alluded uh you already know your background you you know your theology you got all that in seminary so i think what their main goal was uh is it's to introduce chaplains to uh, the military structure for Mm. one because they have no clue really how it works they get a little bit of that in ods that officer development course as far as saluting and how to wear a uniform but how to fit in as a professional uh person of skill you know within the larger military structure takes a lot of getting used to Mm -hmm. um because in and i i also alluded to this in our previous episode that you're you're working for your commanding officer as a chaplain um and that's one of the big pieces that you know, I already knew all that, you know, I know, I know what a commanding officer, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's, that's the main man because of our hierarchy in the military, but these chaplains don't, didn't quite get it. So they're trying to teach you how to both um, aid and advise your commanding officer at he or she's will or request. You, you don't go barging in there, even mm-hmm. though, even though chaplains across, I think across the military spectrum, Air Force, uh, Army, and Navy uh, have an open door policy for, with their commanding officer. In other words, there's this kind of standing thing where if you see like, you know, good order and discipline is a term that is held out in the military is that that's part of what a CO wants to inst- make sure is going on. Good order and discipline. There aren't things flying off the rails, people getting bad attitudes, getting crazy. And so the the commanding officer knows that the chaplains have their finger on the pulse of stuff that they may never see or hear about. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's a real, it's kind of a little sensitive issue because you, on the one hand, you have your confidentiality to uphold, uh with what's going on but also if you see repeated things that are not trending well in, in a certain maybe unit or maybe uh whatever you're however it's broken down to whatever level you're on um it's it's it is your duty to go and talk to the co very gingerly about 
okay, I see some concerns here, morally, ethically, whatever. And um, I need to bring it to your attention. I actually did that. We might get into that in a later episode um, to, to a, a very high up commanding officer. So teaching you the nuances of how to balance. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're a spiritual advisor for your faith group. And then I guess that gets into the other area, which is um, how to, how do you minister as a chaplain? Okay. Let's say I'm on a ship. Uh, uh, let's say a Wiccan comes to me and says, okay, I'm a Wiccan. Clearly I'm not of the Christian tradition, but I, I need to do my thing because that's my spiritual practice. You have to provide for, you have to facilitate for that person to worship in any way they deem necessary. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that right there, I saw a lot of people struggle with that. Like, well, I, I think that's pagan. I think that's wrong. I think that's evil or whatever. And that's, that's a couple of places where I stepped up to the plate and said, listen, guys, this is not about your personal religious agenda. This is about supporting our troops in whatever capacity they want to work. As long as they're not hurting anybody and they're not, you know, doing something that's against the code of justice, you, you're not here to judge or to drive, you know, grind your own theological acts. You're here to help them. Mm-hmm. And so... Some people had really struggled with that, and I think several of them may have 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 just uh, resigned their chaplain candidacy because they didn't think they could do it, and that's fine. I mean, hey, that's uh, but it, but it's you know stuff like that needs to be known. So mm-hmm. you know, so they would teach us. Okay, so what if a Wiccan shows up and says, "I need, I need to worship. I need some time and space," and so it's the chaplain's duty to collect some data. I'm not a Wiccan. I don't know how this works, but okay. What do you need? You know, well, I need this. I need this, like to put it in Christian terms, I, I, I need the elements for the sacraments of Holy communion. I need a Bible. I need whatever. I'm, I may need a prayer stole or whatever, whatever right. those might be. And and then I go out and find them for them. And then I also coordinate with, the logistics side of the ship. It, I'm, I'm assuming we're on a ship here. Um, sure. Just, just prefer pretend. Uh, and I, I find a space that they can meet in, mm-hmm. a time when it'll be um, conducive to when, when it might be a full moon for a Wiccan. I don't know. Um, so, but, but you have no responsibility to participate in the I'm, right. I, I remember not, you ever. There was a documentary that came out in the mid aughts. I think yeah. it was called like aircraft carrier or something like that. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. And there was, and they focused on, you know, religious services on an aircraft carrier. Right. I believe it was the, the, the Pentecostal group yeah. that had a lay leader, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. it, lo- it uh, that, that sounds a lot like mm-hmm. what you're describing. So you're, exactly. you're, you're a facilitator, you're not leading the worship, but um, anything around identifying lay leaders, is that, is that a yeah. part of it too, or, or in coaching them? Is that a piece of it? Yeah, uh, we don't necessarily. I wouldn't say coach them. We we would, but definitely, yeah. Lay leaders is is a big part of the chaplaincy. Um, yeah, people who who have a a a subset of any faith group who wants to practice more sort of indigenously to how they want to practice, whether it's Pentecostal, whether it's Wiccan, whatever. Yeah, so you assign a lay leader 
because um and 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 you're also correct that we don't we facilitate meaning we get the facility set up but i'm not going to participate I'm not going to participate even in a, even in a Christian service, say it's a chaplain or a, sorry, a Catholic chaplain. Mm-hmm. I'm Protestant. And that's how I was ordained. I cannot preside over an Orthodox, a Greek Orthodox mm-hmm. service. I can facilitate for that. Um, now I can preside over many, many different Protestant groups. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody might not be happy with that, but that's fine. Um, and they can get a lay leader or they can apply to be a lay leader. A lay leader is somebody who is among the ranks, officer or enlisted, who is of this particular ilk of, of faith or religion. And then, but our our role is to just vet them on, all right, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. You, you know, uh, you, you may be able to act out a ceremony, but if you're into sacrificing live chickens in your service, that's going to go against good order and discipline and get a little weird for a naval combatant ship, let's say, sure. underway. Well, so we just kind of try to draw the lines and say, here's your space, and you own it. And then also, then we have to recommend to the CO, uh, yeah, I think this person would be uh, competent and and understands the rules of good order and discipline and mm-hmm. then can be a lay leader of their faith group or whatever. And then, and then I'm guessing then mm-hmm. it becomes your responsibility to monitor them and mm-hmm. ensure that they're, you know, maintaining some kind of standard. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. Um, in a, a CEO probably it'd be even for a CEO, mm-hmm. they may not feel comfortable, you know, making judgments about how someone is, 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 is leading a religious service. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then that's a CO's call. And that, that was kind of the good thing about the chaplains because it, it was like, well, I've done my part. If the CO overrules it, then, then the CO overrules it because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's why, like I was telling those guys and gals in chaplain school, I was like, you know, it's it's kind of helpful to think of your CO as kind of like God, it's like like the second God, because there's there's the almighty and then there's what's going to fly and what's not. And it's like, I mean, I'm not trying to be blasphemous. I'm just saying you got to you may think you have some spiritual authority here, but just wait till you clash with a commanding officer and you'll find out real quick. I'm, I'm sure there was uh, different re- responses to that, but um, <laughs> from a, from a like pay attention to what I'm saying perspective, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, let me get yeah. your attention here and really try to drive a point. home. I'm, I, I can see no better way for a group like that. <laughs> yeah. It's the only language I could, I could summon. Okay, so a yeah. um, couple things that popped into my head that I'm interested in, and then if, if you want to, we can move on to the marine field. Yeah, space. yeah. Uh, one thing, and and some of these may be like chaplain. Um, what's the right word? Um, urban legends or, or stuff uh-huh. like that. Maybe clear. So for chaplains, it is it is a law or it is the rule that chaplains can't carrier operate weapons true correct yeah we're non-combatants like even medical corps people that's what and and we may do in a future episode for our listeners on the rules of engagement and the rules of armed conflict or armed combat whatever they're called because i've had several 
people reach out to me just personally and say, man, I'd love to hear you guys talk about that. The catch 22s and all this, mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, even the medical, um, surgeons and medical doctors can carry a sidearm, but they're not designated targets by the Geneva convention, by those who play by the rules. So if you see a cross on a tent, which is a surgical unit, mm -hmm. you're not to target them. I mean, mm -hmm. th that's a war crime, according to those who subscribe to those standards. Um, but chaplains cannot even, they can't even, yeah, they can't be armed. And so in the military's system, they assign them what's called a religious program specialist. Now that's what they're called in the army. I don't know what they're called in the Navy. I don't know what they're called in the army. Chaplain's assistant. Chaplain's it's, assistant. Yeah. Same thing. It's an enlisted person who is basically the chaplain's bodyguard because mm -hmm. they can carry weaponry if, if we're downrange and also an administrative assistant, basically. So you can, they can do, um, I don't want to call it secretarial work, but just logistical work that the chaplain's office. I mean, we have to keep our books. We have our budget. We have so many Bibles we can buy, et cetera, et cetera, like any other command mm -hmm. or any other uh, department. So um, they're, yeah, they are just assigned to basically <laughs> serve as our bodyguards. And they don't get much training. I don't know what the Army does, but for the Navy, I mean, basically... They come if if they're yeah if they're assigned to a marine unit let's say out of out of chaplain school, um well the the RPs the religious program specialists may have come just from their A school, and not even had a second qual with their weapons like mm -hmm. of what they got in boot camp, mm -hmm. and and it you know for those listening I'm not and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make it sound like they're in any way incompetent, but uh, those of us who train um, like in combat and, and defense and, and, you know, tactics, it takes a lot of training to get to where you're proficient with weapons and to be able to contend with like a serious business situation. And these, uh, a lot of these guys and gals just came and reported on board and they, they didn't even have calls for, for pistols and rifles so yeah that was a really interesting thing so yep back to your original question we we are not allowed to touch a weapon in combat or, or in, in in our service in any way i remember taking our chaplain out on target a number mm -hmm. of times uh -huh. a number of times um yep. and i i try to remember to be honest when i remember it I, I can't remember. I, they must. They clearly didn't have a weapon because that would be a problem, and I wouldn't put them out yeah. there on the internet like that to the nope. ten, to the ten people who listen to this. But <laughs> um, but also, it's a. We'll just leave it at that. So definitely didn't have a weapon, but took them on target, and that's an interesting position to be in. Um, going out with the boys, um, the boys at the time. Going going out with the boys out on target, not carrying a weapon, you know. That's and and I don't I don't ever remember bringing along a chaplain's assistant. Yeah, just, just a, because you well, know who needs one of those when you got a ranger <laughs> platoon <laughs> surrounding you. That's okay, true. Although I'm sure they would. And and by the way, for recruiting purposes, the ranger regiment does have chaplain's assistants. Uh, yeah. I met a guy who was originally a, a 13 Fox, a forward observer. And then um, 
uh, I won't say names. And to be honest, he wasn't that good of one. Uh, but then he had reclassed and became a chaplain's assistant. And that seemed more aligned with sort of his attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't ever remember us taking our chaplain's assistants. Out. We were way more likely to take out mechanics with us um, than chaplain's assistants. But I remember the chaplain's going out and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah, you, you got to feel pretty, you must feel pretty comfortable going out there wrapped in the armor of God, <laughs> armor of the Lord. Yeah, I th- there, you know, and that's a whole debate within the chaplaincy. Whether you should go out or not? Yeah. It's like, what's the point? Yeah, and, and I'm not weighing in on either side. I, I, mm-hmm. I can see it. Okay, I I didn't have the desire to go outside the wire when I was serving as a chaplain. I've been there, done that. It's mm-hmm. dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's not sure. only just dangerous personally, it's dangerous because you're one more person that these operators have to take care of. Yeah. Um, and I'm not weighing in on this. I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying right. I see I see the sides to it. And I also see the sides to where, okay, you're a chaplain. You're with all these stud operators who are doing these crazy missions. And there's a sense of like, well, I want to see some of this. You know, it's just that crazy fascination of, wow, I want to I want to be in a scrape. I want to say I was downrange. You know, I get it. I, I get it. Um the debate was, is that really very smart from, you know, a chaplain's not there to go out and fight. If you want to go out and fight, then there's other avenues that you can pursue in the military and that's fine. But you're, you're a potential liability and you're a potential bigger liability in the sense that if something did happen to you as a chaplain, a non-combatant with no weapon, then now you perhaps have even compromised the mission because you have to peel away assets from a combat unit to take care of you or get you to safety or whatever. So I get that. I get that whole discussion. And I, and I see the tensions on in, in all those directions. We were fortunate in my time that at, at, at third Ranger battalion, that we had some unique individuals as chaplains. Um, (laughs) You know, one of them was uh, Jeff Strucker, who is, he was a, um, you know, in in army circles, he's pretty well known, but he was a, he was a ranger, he was a ranger, he served in 375, he was in BCO actually, so he Mm -hmm. was, he was a squad leader, or or he was a senior squad leader um, for the, um, the Black Hawk Down thing, the thing in the, the thing that went down in Somalia. Um, he was a line guy, and he had also been so he was an infantry guy, um, and he had also done time in what is now known as the Ranger Reconnaissance Company. So back in the day, um, so this was a guy who was like, like you as a chaplain showing up to to the teams. Yeah, he he was like our version of you. He was yeah, like yeah. coming coming back badged out. You know, yeah. all kinds of crazy things. You're like, this guy's our chaplain. Whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> and and also because of the movie, like everyone knew like what he had done, what he had been through. So he was like yeah. kind of like a celebrity. Right. Um, sure. And he was our chaplain. So uh, and and they and they scrounged up other guys like him, guys who had done cool guy stuff in the past. And we just had a string of those kind of guys um, as our chaplain. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. You know, I to to be honest, like I always felt 
happy the chaplain was going out. I was like, hey, you know, oh, yeah. elbow on the guy. And I smell like, dude, chaplain's coming with it. We're good tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and, they'd always, and, they, and they'd always give like very rousing prayers before uh-huh. going out. Yeah, um, sure. Sure. So uh, I, I was always like, all right, dude, we're good tonight. If anything yeah. else, we're good. We're good here. So, um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the Lord is with us. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Dude, every, no any, any little thing helps. Take a chaplain. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I get it 100%. Yeah. And there's, there's, it could be, you could look at it several different ways. And, and the, the chaplains at uh, the SEAL commands where I served went in harm's way, whether for good or for bad. They went, they went in some pretty hairy situations. Mm. But, do i'm sorry go ahead no no do i mean with respect to the 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 navy's version of the chaplain's assistance i mean in terms of like their preparedness to do the bodyguard part of their job Mm -hmm. i mean is it is it you know for 99 percent of them though like is it is it pretty clear that they're unlike even during wartime that they're unlikely to actually need to yeah you know take care of that responsibility yeah, so um, but i think i remember you telling me about what you hooked up your assistant later on but we'll we'll get into that later. yeah yeah um okay so that's cha- so okay so you wrap up the, the chaplain school um and then what's next after that yeah so after chaplain basic which is ethics and courses on how to meld with the the institutional ministry of the navy uh you go to a marine i, th- I think it's called it was something like the field course back when I did it. It's 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 three or four weeks. Um, uh, and we did this in Columbia, South Carolina, mm. at Jackson, Jackson, Fort Jackson, Fort Jackson, an army base, an army base. Okay, yeah. yeah, there's yeah, that sounds right. That area yeah. for a brief period of time, they tried to start a joint chaplain school at. Fort Jackson, Army, Air Force, Navy. They had it for about a year, and then the Navy just didn't like it because we're not close enough to the water. <laughs> so they moved it back to Newport, Rhode Island. But uh, the field course might still be there. I don't know. But when I was in, that's where I went to do this this portion of the course. So the what I call the Marine part of it is, again, Navy chaplains can be assigned to Marine units because we're the chaplains for the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, and the Navy. So they want to teach you what it's like to bivouac or what, what it's like to live in the field in a tent with minimal creature comforts. And that's, I could see that that's valuable Um, because these, like, again, these, these are not (laughs) pre-military people. These are people coming out of seminaries and stuff, you know, having all their creature comforts available. So everything from, how do you shave in the field? Uh, how do you eat an MRE? To, like stuff that, you know, uh, if you're coming from a combat background in any branch, this is just kind of comes by second nature because you just pound it into you. Um, and 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 what? Yeah, how to set up a tent in a in a in a cot, and you know how to how to live in the woods. And we had a whole week where we just we bivouacked uh, in in the section of that base. So that was really funny because it cramped a lot of people's style, right? These are people coming with master's degrees who have never slept 
on the ground. I mean, maybe some of them liked to camp, but many of them did not like to camp. And uh, to put it mildly. And so it was like a whole new thing. And then they thought, tried to throw stuff at us that would be like kind of combat-ish. Like um, they did one night where it was just kind of like a, a little hell night where they're screaming and yelling and people were running in the woods trying to figure out which way was up and, you know, all this different stuff, which was, you know, for me, I, I not to minimize any of it, but it was just kind of laughable. <laughs> they're trying. So, so like, was the idea because you all can't you all can't handle weapons no we can't handle so weapons. it's not like you're practicing react <laughs> uh react to ambush or something react to contact so what like what was the expectation for you yeah. all <laughs> to stick our head in the ground like an ostrich <laughs> no start uh, praying yeah start, start, start praying. praying hard oh lord i beseech thee <laughs> uh yeah well some of it was coordinated with our rps our oh okay uh, assistance um navy versions and so they would do some little drills we would do some drills one of the funniest things that happened the entire time and there were several funny things and then that was from my perspective i i'm sure so they many of them thought this is god awful this is not funny at all i'm just going <laughs> really so we had a Marine gunnery sergeant in charge. He was like our drill instructor and he was going to whip us into shape, push us, you know, kind of Marine up uh, the, the experience. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't too hard for the vast majority of these people. They've like, you know, and so like one time I'll, I'll give you a couple of these, but like one time he's like, all right, pull-ups, let's go. And uh, so and and we're doing like palms away, strict up, clear the bar, lower yourself, like good military pull-ups. And he's like, Yeah, I bet you all can't do two pull-ups. And I, I me always the big mouth. I'm like, Well, Gunny, I bet you I can do more than you. How many can you do? <laughs> so he's like, Oh, I could do 18. And I'm like, All right, let's go. So I was always like kind of up in the ante with him just in a fun way he he really liked me and i liked him he was cool he was squared away but i was like yeah really but he had never had that from a chapel of course not from my background the best part was when we went out to we did do land navigation land nav with a with a compass and a map old school and he they gave us a class on this one class right now if you've done a serious land nav course, it's it's not easy to find where you are and where you've got to go. That's not easy. It's a skill that's cultivated and crafted over time. And he gave us this quick class, like an hour class. He's like, now see this grid coordinate here? And let me give you a grid coordinate. And they're just going, huh. I could see him looking around. I'm like, mm. and occasionally I tried to help him. I'm like, I'd raise my hand. He'd be like, Captain Watkins, like when you say grid coordinates, break it down for these folks. They they're not tracking with you, Gunny. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And he'd back up. He goes, well, what? You know, a, a click is a kilometer square. You know, and all of this nomenclature that they were just like, I could see they were glossed over, and I could tell he was losing them in in what he was teaching. Like shooter, just shoot a reverse azimuth here, and they're like, what is an azimuth? 
backwards or reverse it. You know, and I was like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting because you had to go out. And so the field portion of that was like the following day. We went out early in the morning and this was on Fort Jackson and they had a whole uh, land nav course. And if, for those of you not maybe knowing what we're talking about, they'll have a sequence of letters and numbers on different uh posts on trees at different points where you're trying to find these in the in the wherever in these woods in these thick pine woods and you've got to with your compass and your map navigate to that position and then when you get there with your radio you radio back okay we've reached point blah 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 and if it's the correct one you call out the letters and number sequence on that plaque or whatever's on the tree and they go okay you got it uh here's your next grid coordinate and then they give you another one they wouldn't give you the numbers and letters because that's the confirmation that you found the point mm -hmm. um and then you navigate to that point and then call the numbers back all right so here's here's all these chaplains and and rps chaplains assistants and they broke us into groups of like one chaplain because there were a lot more rps than there were chaplains so it was like four RPs and one chaplain. And they would send you out and they're like, here's your map. Here's your compass. Go for it. Here's your first waypoint. And they're those like, mm. and I could tell, I, I just looked around and I could tell, oh, this is going to be a long day because you got to find all these points. I don't, I can't remember how many there were. And so I was given these four RPs and a map, you know, and they said, all right, see you later. The gunny said, see you later. Good luck. I'm like, all right, cool. And so we walked off and, you know, you're kind of semi patrolling, you know, it's kind of hokey because you're like, well, we're never going to be doing it. But anyway, so I went out and I was like, okay, here we go, guys. I said, anybody want to take this first one? And they're all like, oh, what's <laughs> going on? And I could tell that. And I'm like, all right, here, let me show you. And so I shot, the, I, I did it on the chart. I was like, there's our point. I'm like, we got this is so easy because there were there were um, there were roads that you could see on the top of topo map, mm -hmm. the topographical map. And you could see, oh, this is look, we, we just patrol. I was who wants to be the pace counter keeper. I'm just uh, every every hundred every hundred steps. Just give me a pull a bead and I, I they didn't even teach us that i taught them that i'm mm -hmm. like okay here's be the bead system mm -hmm. see the gunny he had forgotten to teach him stuff like that like mm -hmm. we're easier ways to keep pace and all that and so we just you know cutting to the chase it was just like do 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 i'm like there it is and they're like wow it's like it was magic i'm like no man i've done this so many i was a point man and two freaking platoon you know, dropped off in South Korea in the middle of the night and had to find a freaking mountaintop. So it was like, oh, no big deal. And I think they started to get it. I'm like, okay, next one. I'm like, what am I looking for, guys? What am I looking for? And they're like, you're looking for roads and prominent terrain features. I'm like, exactly. That's your that's your clue to this whole mystery. But it was not articulated well with a gun. So, I mean, we we seriously we we flew through it we got all of our waypoints by like it was something like 9 30 or 10 a.m in the morning and we'd had everything mm. there were because i could hear radio traffic back to the gunnery sergeant who was back at the base where we launched from i don't think one or two people had even found their first waypoint the first grid coordinate 
-hmm. And I'm like, I knew that was going to be the case because it was just so overwhelming and not nearly enough training for these poor chaplains and chaplains assistants, RPs. And so uh, we come strolling back in to to where the gunny is. I remember this is the funniest thing. And all, all my RPs were just, or the RPs assigned me, they were just like, we keeps, we scored the jackpot. Uh, so I came back and I'm like, he goes, Chapman Watkins. And I'm like, Gunny. He goes, all right, give me your book. Let me look at your waypoints. He wanted to double check. And I had my field book with me and he looks through, he looks through and he looks over and he goes, they're all wrong. And I just laughed. I go, ha. No, they're not. And he goes, yeah, yeah, man, just take a break. Go get some water. Eat it in Mars. And we were done for the day. Nice. It took, it was, it was like six o'clock that night. And I don't think any other group had found all of their, their objectives, but it was, it was just, and I think part of it was to teach them the humility of, wow, you know, you need to, things get complicated out there. But it was so funny, and all my RPs all afternoon, they were just cracking up that they, you know, because it was random that they were paired with me, and it was just a, it was easy. It was just like low hanging fruit. Yeah, Lane, what what do you estimate the the distance between points was? I, I'm sure it was variable, but like, yeah, was it was it a? Well, I'm sure it wasn't the largest course you'd ever been. Oh, in. oh, no way! Not even near something serious. It was like half a mile at the most. Yeah, there's one on Benning that gets used by a bunch of different schoolhouses, and it's like a grid. It's like a click square, like that's mm -hmm. it, and it's got like ten points in it. And, wow. you know, we were, you know, I was stationed there, but you get so used to that place, like, and yeah. it gets so, it's so small that you get the trails. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, that's the other thing. It's like handrail something until you spot the, yeah. the, the, the well-beaten path that takes you directly, <laughs> <laughs> that takes you directly to the, to the point. But what I was going to say is, yeah, for land nav, for a lot of folks, and I'll even say it, like infantrymen I've seen, rangers even, yeah. for some people land nav is a lot like golf you know like it just depends on the day you know what i'm saying yeah. it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. some days they're aces and then some days like they just suck um yeah. and i've seen plenty of people have like bad days and you know they're there all night you're like dude what's going on what are you doing he's like man i'm just not i'm not figuring out i i always i was always consistently average like i never had a I, I was pretty, I, I don't re ever remember doing land nav and not getting the points I needed to get in the yeah. time I needed to get it. I don't ever remember retesting, but I wasn't like some sort of like guru or anything like right. that. But I just remember some guys just having a tough day, you know, and then not to mention if you do something stupid and you end up plotting a course through like a swamp oh, or thick yeah. brush or something like, you know, that can change everything. That's always there. You know, that's exactly right. And I think some people, like my own dear family member, some people I think have a terrible sense of direction, just naturally. Mm -hmm. Like right. um, like my one family member, God bless her, she'll, she'll get lost. I mean, like it, it doesn't take much. And she's really turned around. And hey, you know, all of her outstanding qualities, you know, it's just weird that way. Cause I was, I always kind of had this instinctive, well, it's probably why I ended up appointment. You know, I just kind of 
had a good sense of direction and um i mean i can get turned around like anybody but Mm -hmm. i mean give me a map and a compass and a overall study of that map before i head out and i'm probably not going to get terribly lost but some people it just seemed like they just don't have a sense of of direction this one family member of mine who who gets turned around will put up her hands like this to see oh l left that's this hand because it makes an l (laughs) and it's like whoa baby you know, you get out in the woods and that's not going to be helpful. <laughs> well, it's also it's also very easy to overcomplicate it, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. like it is. It it's is. You know, and and sometimes the schoolhouses make it tough because they don't let you handrail things, you know, mm-hmm. it, and for someone who does handrail is like you have a usually it's like a road or maybe right. it's a creek or something. And yeah. then you're you're really what do they call it? Uh, ter- terrain terrain feature prominent yeah, terrain feature. something like that yeah like when you're navigating by terrain features like yeah that's that's the easiest way because then it's like following like a you know a shopping mall map right yeah. it's like okay exactly. keep, keep the keep the cinnabon on my right yeah you know, past the clairs and then boom there's there's where i need it. it's the same thing it's like okay well keep that road yeah make sure it's the road you think it is first off like keep that road yeah. to my right and yeah. then, you know, we always did, I always did like counting hills. How many right. times up and down I go, go up and down three times. Yeah. I should be there. If I, if I run into the, the radio tower, I've gone too far. And it's a, you know, it's like that simple. It's pretty simple. And that's what I taught these guys uh, mm-hmm. that were with me, the RPs. I said, look, see this road, see this mm-hmm. road, see this Y in the road. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, we can't miss it. It's, <laughs> It's going to walk us to the target. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. It's, it's kind of like cheating, but no, it's learning how to read a topo map. And, I, and the first thing when I looked at that map, I'm like, oh, we got roads. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be an easy day. The, the thing that I, especially, I'm running out of time here, but the thing that always screwed me up at first while I was learning was like differentiating between what looks like a Y on a, for a road, like a Y versus yeah. like you come up to it and it's like a t-bone intersect like a t oh intersect. yeah yeah you're like i was expecting a y but this <laughs> yeah. looks like it comes straight off of it so that was funny um yeah. okay well we're out of time i think when we come when we come back to your story we're going to talk about where you got assigned afterwards maybe you got a few yeah. more stories from this course uh and then we'll meander our way to figure out how you got to development group and all that so yeah. thanks everyone for your time we'll catch you in the next one bye see you